The Rare Drug Development Symposium is an interactive global genes event produced in partnership with the Penn Medicine Orphan Disease Center that focuses on educating both beginners and advanced participants on the drug development process. Join us for this year's symposium, June 10th to 11th. An optional pre-conference workshop on June 9th will review the current landscape of rare drug development. This is an opportunity to interact with experts, patients, and advocates in the field and uncover your role in advancing drug therapies. To learn more or register, go to globalgenes.org forward slash RDDS. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. PTC Therapeutics, through its partnership with the SMA Foundation and Genentech, won approval last year for Evrisd, the first oral therapy for the rare neurodegenerative condition spinal muscular atrophy. Now the SMA Foundation is working with the company to discover and develop regenerative treatments that can reverse the damage done by the disease. At the same time, the company is advancing its efforts on the gene therapy front following its 2018 acquisition of Agilis Biotherapeutics. We spoke to Matthew Klein, Chief Development Officer of PTC Therapeutics, about the company's work in SMA, its move into regenerative medicine, and its efforts to win approval in Europe and the United States for its first gene therapy. Matt, thanks for joining us. Great. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's great to be here, and, and I'm glad to have this opportunity to share uh, with you, Danny, and, and uh, the community some of the work, the important work PTC has been doing in a number of rare diseases, including spinal muscular atrophy and AADC deficiency. Well, we're excited to talk to you about the, the work PTC is doing in gene therapy. Uh, while we were setting this up, there was news on the SMA front, which we wanted to begin with. PTC Therapeutics, announced a recent agreement with the Spinal Muscular Atrophy Foundation. For listeners not familiar with SMA, what is the condition? Sure. So SMA is a rare neuromuscular disease that basically results from a genetic defect. And the result of that genetic defect is a significant muscle weakness and muscle wasting. Uh, it's often diagnosed in infancy and or early childhood. And in fact, if not treated, uh, SMA is the most common genetic cause of infant death, uh, just to give you an idea of how serious this disease is. As I said, the common feature is progressive weakness. That could be weakness in the arms, the legs, and also weakness in the, in the muscles that control lifting up your head and also, importantly, breathing. Uh, so this is a very serious and significant genetic disease. Uh, there's three main types, SMA1, SMA2, and SMA3. And basically, those refer to the age of onset and severity of disease. So SMA1 is typically diagnosed in kids in the first months of life and tends to be the most severe. Uh, and SMA2 and SMA3 uh, 
three will be diagnosed slightly later uh, in infancy or childhood. And also, obviously, serious diseases, but tend to be less uh, severe than SMA. We've seen a, a fair bit of success in the area of SMA treatments, including most recently the approval of RISD, which is the first oral therapy for the condition. Most people associate this drug with Genentech, but it was developed through a partnership with the SMA Foundation and PTC Therapeutics. This is a a foundation that's focused on drug development and run by a former biotech executive. How far back does that relationship go, and, and what was it like to work with the foundation? Yeah, so this is a long-standing relationship going back over a decade. Uh, in fact, uh, Evrisdi, which was approved uh, recently, as you mentioned, was discovered by PTC. Uh, it was a product of our RNA splicing platform, uh, which is an innovative platform uh, that d- develops oral drugs, oral drugs that are able to modify genetic expression, specifically RNA expression. Uh, And so, you know, when people think of gene therapies or manipulating genes, we think of gene therapies or antisense oligonucleotides. But with our splicing platform, uh, we're able to develop oral drugs that can affect genetic expression. And the first drug we developed was Evrisd. And as you mentioned, this was developed in collaboration with the SMA Foundation. PTC as a company was founded, uh, actually, we just celebrated our 23rd birthday yesterday, And we were founded specifically to develop drugs for patients with rare diseases, with high medical need. And we, from the beginning, knew that if we're going to be successful in in developing meaningful therapies for patients who desperately need them, it's going to be a team effort. It's going to be an effort between our scientists and patient foundations and the patient communities. Because in order to get this important work done, those types of partnerships are essential. And therefore, from our early days of developing of RISD, we had a partnership uh, with the SMA Foundation that has obviously been incredibly successful. And, and of course, the ultimate appro- development and approval occurred with the partnership with the SMA Foundation and Roche Genentech. And, and we're really proud of, of, of RISD. Uh, it's you know, really a pioneering drug in terms of what it can do mechanistically in terms of splicing. Uh, and, and it's an incredibly important drug in terms of what it can deliver for patients with SMA, being an oral therapy that patients can take at home. Uh, and it has several advantages. It, since it's an oral therapy, it can travel to everywhere in the body, into the brain, into all the muscles, everywhere in the body. And that's important when you have a disease like SMA that can affect every muscle in the body. Uh, also, since it's an oral drug, it, it can be continuously dosed so that it's you're sure that you're getting a therapy throughout throughout your entire life. Uh, you don't have to worry about its effects going away or, you know, effects going down between intermittent doses. It really delivers a consistent uh, therapeutic benefit, which is which is really exciting. And of course, particularly in COVID, we're we're aware of how important it is to be able to have a drug that you can take at home that you don't have to go and have any procedures done in hospitals or medical facilities uh, where, you know, those, there are obviously a lot of concerns in this current environment. Uh, in March, you announced an expanded relationship with the SMA Foundation. It's committing $60 million in research to discover and develop regenerative treatments in neuromuscular diseases. This in part reflects the success that's been seen to date in developing treatments for the disease. How will this effort differ from past efforts? 
Yeah, great question. And, you know, while we're incredibly excited uh, by uh, EVRISD, its approval and, and the benefit it can deliver uh, to patients, we view that as really a beginning. Uh, obviously, by addressing uh, the genetic defect in the disease, we're able to affect the progression, slow the progression. But then there's also the a thought of introducing regeneration, tissue regeneration or genetic um I'm sorry, or, or uh, tissue engineering to restore any muscle that's lost. So while we can use our therapy to prevent further deterioration or further muscle wasting, this new endeavor is aimed at thinking about co- ways in which we can pioneer tissue regeneration and restore that muscle that was already lost before therapy was started. What types of therapies do you expect to approve for this? Would the expectation be that these would be some type of cellular gene therapies, or will you be looking at a broader range of modalities? Yeah, so I think it's it's early days, uh, and and what and really the purpose of this collaboration and the funding is to look at many different approaches. You know, we I think we all know that that uh, when you think about regenerative medicine and tissue engineering, it's it's complex. Uh, and it's, it remains an important challenge in all, of, in all of medicine. And we want to make sure that we can look at every possible approach, even combination approaches, to deliver uh, the best outcome for patients. What role, if any, does the SMA Foundation play beyond providing funding? Well, I think they have an expertise that is, is beyond compare. Uh, I think if you want to talk about a, a, a foundation that's incredibly, obviously, dedicated to SMA therapies that truly understand the challenges, that has built and established a network of researchers and laboratories uh, that can help solve these problems, that's the SMA Foundation. And we're really proud to have them as a partner and to be able to work with them and leverage really their decades, uh, you know, almost two decades now since they were founded of, of, of understanding the challenges in developing SMA therapies and knowing the right people to work with to have the highest probability of success. The focus on regenerative medicine reflects a, a bigger move by PTC in, to new areas of medicine. In, in 2018, PTC acquired Agilis Biotherapeutics, which gave it a foothold in gene therapy the lead gene therapy candidate was a gene therapy for AADC. What is AADC? Yeah, let, let me uh, first just mention we're incredibly proud at, at PTC to really have a, a diverse uh, pipeline. We're, we, we remain committed to developing important therapies for patients with rare diseases, but we also realize that to develop effective therapies, you need to look at many different approaches. So we have with of RISD, a, a small molecule approach from our splicing platform. Uh, we have other modalities as well, and one of them is gene therapy. Uh, we believe that gene therapy is an incredibly important approach to treating genetic diseases, uh, particularly genetic diseases that result from a single gene defect, such as AADC deficiency. AADC deficiency is a, a genetic disorder that results in an inability uh, to produce dopamine and other important neurotransmitters in the brain. So basically, it's a genetic defect that affects the enzyme that's needed to make active dopamine, as well as a couple of other neurotransmitters, but most importantly, dopamine. So without dopamine, kids affected by AADC deficiency have significant defects in motor development. So if you lack dopamine, your motor activity, whether that be uh, 
lifting your head, sitting, walking, standing, swallowing, all of those movements are significantly impacted. And so this is obviously a very serious disease, uh, typically diagnosed very early in life. In the most severe cases, if it's untreated, it results in death in childhood. Uh, so what you see in some of these children, particularly those with, with the more common and severe uh, variety, uh, these kids never develop the ability to, to sit up, to lift their head, to crawl, and, and certainly not to walk or stand. Uh, and so it's obviously a very serious and, and highly morbid uh, disease that we believe uh, is amenable to gene therapy, given that there's one, it's a mutation in a single gene. And if we can provide that healthy gene and get that enzyme working, we can start the production of dopamine, which is exactly what we've been able to do with this gene therapy. How are patients typically treated with the condition today? And, and what's their prognosis? Well, the prognosis is very poor because there's no real effective treatment. There, there are some patients who can get a small amount of benefit uh, from dopamine replacement, but really those have not proven to meaningfully impact the course of disease, particularly in those with the most severe uh, disease subtype. And so those children have a very poor prognosis and, and will typically die in childhood. Uh, how does the gene therapy work? What what are you using for a, a vector and how is it delivered to the patient? Yeah, so we're our PTC's overall approach in gene therapy is utilizing something we call targeted delivery. And what we mean by targeted delivery is providing the gene that's missing to an anatomic area in the body where it's particularly needed. So in the case of AADC deficiency, we put that deficient gene into a part of the brain called the putamen, which is really ground zero for dopamine nerve function. And it's, and it's delivered through a very uh, elegant surgical procedure known as stereotactic surgery, where basically neurosurgeons use, if you will, a, a, a Google map that gives them a, a route to get safely from outside of the patient into the exact location in the brain where we need to deliver the gene therapy to mo be most effective. Uh, and so when we're able to do that procedure, deliver the gene therapy to that exact location, the putamen, where it's needed for the, the nerves in the brain that are responsive for dopamine and need dopamine to function, we start seeing two really important things. Uh, in our clinical studies, we've seen an increase in dopamine production, and that's a sure sign that we've delivered the gene and the gene is working. And then what we see is an improvement in in motor function of the of the children that we treat, uh, as I mentioned, uh, children with AADC deficiency will may not have any motor activity at all. Can't roll over, can't sit up, can't crawl, can't walk. And what we've seen in months to years after therapy uh, is first, uh, as I mentioned, that increase in dopamine production, which is incredibly important. And then we start seeing improvement in motor function, the ability to roll over, the ability to sit up the ability to stand, and in some cases for children, the ability to walk. And so you can really understand that this is a, a potentially transformational therapy for, for these children. And what's known about the safety or durability of the treatment from studies to date? That's a really important question because obviously when you give a gene therapy, you typically can only administer it once in the lifetime of a patient. And so durability becomes really important. And we have data now out to five years 
uh, in some cases, six, seven years, even longer, where we're observing continued dopamine production. So the gene is continuing to function as we see maintenance of dopamine production and continued benefit in terms of motor function. So the, the durability has been clear uh, and uh, impactful. And we also, of course, have seen that over the course of of the development program uh, that the therapy has been safe and well tolerated. Uh, and you know we've we've done a lot of work and we're moving through the regulatory processes uh, in Europe, uh, the United States, and elsewhere around the world to make sure uh, that we can develop a regulatory approved uh, safe and effective therapy. If all goes well, when might you expect an approval for the therapy and and what's the plans for marketing it? So we are right now in the process of uh, having an application reviewed by the European Medicines Association. And uh, we're on track uh, to have a uh, approval this year uh, in the European Union. And we're in the process of of getting ready to submit our application uh, to the FDA, which we also uh, have announced we plan to do uh, this year as well. Uh, And then we're going to be looking as well to have regulatory approval in other countries. We have built, uh, PTC over the years has built a very strong global uh, commercial structure that is able to provide the necessary uh, support and essential elements in order to make uh, these approved therapies available to patients uh, wherever they're approved. And so those efforts are underway. We also are working very hard with patient foundations around the world uh, and working very hard on physician education about making the diagnosis of AADC deficiency because it's a challenging diagnosis. Uh, as many as many families affected by rare disease know, it's, it's often the challenge just even getting a diagnosis for a rare disease. And we've certainly seen the same thing with AADC deficiency. And so our teams have worked uh, really tirelessly on education campaigns worldwide uh, to increase awareness of AADC deficiency. We've also have a number of endeavors and partnerships uh, where we're working to drive uh, AADC diagnosis amongst uh, suspected uh, patients suspected of, of, of having AADC deficiency. And we also know that rare diseases often go underdiagnosed when there's no therapy because there's no motivation to actually give a diagnosis when there's no therapy. Well, now that we actually have a therapy, it becomes even more important to make that accurate diagnosis of AADC uh, deficiency because we have a treatment to offer. What will this therapy mean for patients? And is there any expectation that it might reverse some of the damage done by the disease? Well, I think one of the uh, really important observations we've made in in our clinical studies to date, uh, having treated children as young as two years of age and uh, other children in late childhood and and early adolescence, and what we have seen is that even the treatment and later in childhood has resulted in significant improvement in, in, in function. Uh, so that's a really important uh, indication that uh, that even though you're not one or two years old, that you've lived many years with the disease, you can still have a significant improvement in terms of motor function. The An approval would put PTC in a, a rare group of companies with uh, marketed gene therapy. What does this suggest about the future opportunity for the company? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, there's a lot of... Un, uh, 
understandable and appropriate hope that gene therapy can bring uh, treatments to many, many different diseases, including including many rare diseases. And despite all the work, all, all the all the gene therapies in development, we're still not at the point where there are many approved therapies. And so we'd obviously be um, very excited to be able to provide this therapy to patients who, who desperately need it. Uh, it would also be the first therapy uh, ever, gene therapy ever approved with direct administration into the brain. So that would be another pioneering or, or uh, really unprecedented element of this approval. Uh, PTC has other gene therapy programs in its pipeline. We have a, a gene therapy for frigocataxia, which is a uh, neuromuscular uh, neurological disorder. Uh, where again, we're going to bring our approach of, of targeted therapy to deliver a gene therapy to a, a particular area of the brain that's significant uh, in frigocataxia. Uh, and we have other uh, gene therapies as well in, in development at different stages uh, in our pipeline. Matt Klein, Chief Development Officer for PTC Therapeutics. Matt, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Danny. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.